Hello, I'm Athena. Welcome back to the Quarantine Podcast. This week's special guest is... <laughs> Kendall! Hi, Kendall. Uh, hello, thanks for having me. Of course. How's your day going? Um, it's good. Pretty good. Very nice. So, um, just to start off, I have two questions that I ask everyone on the podcast. What do you have any TV show or movie recommendations? Oh, so right now I'm watching Dear White People mm-hmm. and I'm very addicted to it. It's it's really good. I like it a lot. It's like it's an easy watch. Nice. I honestly have nothing else. Last week I did a solo episode and I haven't watched anything this week. Mm. So <laughs> no, actually I watched The Incredible Hulk. I got a project kind of coming out with that. I'm watching the Marvel movies. Go check that out. You know, I think Marvel and superhero movies can be kind of not like boy heavy, you know? I don't They're very masculinity heavy. Yes. Not necessarily all of them, but I feel like boys tend to like grab on a superhero movie more. I'm not trying to genderize this, um, but you know, I'm just trying to watch movies and just see if like I'm I can be welcomed into the fandom of watching Marvel movies. You know? Yeah. Um I never really liked Marvel movies. Like, I don't know, I feel like I was like really a girly girl as a kid. And I mean, gosh, I know like so old. spectrum and stuff, but like, oh god, I know. But I, I was like really like girly. I like to play with like Barbies and shit, and like paint my nails. Nice, yeah. Um, I wasn't, but I wasn't really into superhero movies. I only like Spider Man and Superman. I don't know mm. why. Mm. But I'm starting to watch the Marvel movies. They're pretty decent. I mean, I watched the first two so far. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's twenty three. So I got a lot to go. Yeah, there are a lot of Marvel movies. Like, that's a really big franchise. I know. I respect it. Oh, my gosh. That's all I have to recommend this week. It's all I watched. Um, so, Kendall, what's your screen time like? So I was actually talking to one of my friends about this today. Um, she watched The Social Network, I think. On yes, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, wait, no. It's like, oh, The God. Social Dilemma. Yeah, The Social Dilemma. Yeah, I watched both. It's good. And I know one of my friends, like, literally deleted, like, Twitter or something because of it. So I'm scared to watch it, but I'm trying to be more conscious of my screen time. And I feel like since everything is so, um, like, computer and screen heavy, going on my phone just doesn't hit, it just doesn't hit as good as it used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched the movie. I mean, you should definitely watch it. And it's a documentary, kind of. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's like three different things going on at once. <laughs> but mm-hmm. people sometimes hate it because they like really use dramatic music to amp up the point that iPhones are addicting. And they are. And they're trying to make it serious, but it's not as serious as they make it out to seem like life or death. But it could be. So that's like, I think, their point. I really like the movie. I think I gave it four stars on Letterboxd. I don't know. Follow me on Letterboxd. <laughs> But yeah, I, I liked it. I think it really made me think about social media, at least for a week, and then now I'm back on it. <laughs> but yeah, I try to like notice the tactics that they use to get you to keep being on your phone. Like TikTok kind of has like an endless stream of TikToks, you know? You never like reach the end, you can keep scrolling and scrolling. That's mm-hmm. designed that way to keep you on as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 
you should check it out. I mean, it's not that scary. Like, they, they amp it up for sure. Yeah, I feel like my apprehensions about watching stuff like that is just that they're so subjective. Like, they're so biased, and it's like, I don't know, maybe this one's different. Maybe they'll get both sides, because, I mean, we all use social media. Yeah. Everyone uses the internet in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it and let you know. I find it kind of funny, because the people who, like, made the algorithms and say, oh, we should not be on this app because I made it bad, are still on their phone. I find it quite funny, because they're preaching about how bad social media is. Then the next shot is them on their phone. You're like, huh? And I find that so funny. But yeah, I think the, the social dilemma got a lot of backlash, especially from like the YouTube and like kind of just the Gen Z community. Mm-hmm. I think because it's like, well, you boomers don't know what the heck, but the, this is the first time social media has ever like existed. Like ever. The whole span of human history, this is the first time, like what, 15 years ago? Yeah, like, yeah, it's crazy. I have a supercomputer in my hand. Who, 50 years ago, wouldn't have, wouldn't have been a thing. What is this? What is this? Yeah, they would probably thrown it away. Like, how do I, they're probably like, you know, just didn't, wouldn't know how to use it. It's crazy. Like our language, I'm sorry. I forgot. No, it's all good. I do it a lot. I'm trying to not do it as much. But like, I don't know. Okay, the next thing, Kendall, I had... We were just talking before recording this podcast. You drink coffee, a lot of coffee, right? Just tell me how much coffee you drink. So I don't drink a lot of coffee, first and foremost. Well, okay. yeah. uh, I have like a cup a day. Um, but I have espresso, which is a lot stronger than coffee. And I make it on my little stove, my little like cafe bustello in there. It's so good. But um, yeah, I do like coffee and I like how coffee makes me feel and I like my personality with coffee I don't have coffee like ever I mean I only had it when we went to the studio oh I'll get to the next topic like how we know each other but I've only had coffee on like Saturdays but I would normally get the refresher sometimes an, a latte I know but sometimes a latte oh yeah lattes are good what I mean. yeah vanilla ice latte mm. yeah but sometimes like you can't have like, if I'm already, like, amped up, I don't need that, an extra boost. But if mm. I'm dead, I need it. I feel that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you have read receipts on? I Because we were talking about this before and like, just our friend group, kind of, for, you know. Do you have read receipts on? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, like, calling you out. But, like, we talked about this, like, how many weeks ago was it now? I don't know. So, yeah, I'm kind of, like, petty in like the way I'll have red receipts on for some people and not for other people like I don't know why I'm like this like if someone's pissing me off then yeah I'll have my red receipts on be like yeah I read it (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny I'll like turn them off if I don't want to respond and like I actually like the person I always have mine on I feel like some people take it as an insult but like what if you don't know if, if I've seen it you know what if it's a really important question? Yeah. I feel like I like people that have their red receipts on more so than people that don't. Thank you. Like, mm-hmm. you guys are God tier. Like, you guys, like, I don't know. I feel like taking a red personally, unless 
is kind of like stupid unless yes. you're asking a question yeah and it's been like an hour or so yeah i agree like you're getting mad at a four-letter word on a screen and a person doesn't want to talk to you i know yeah. isn't that crazy how much our generation like internalizes mm -hmm. uh, like texting like <laughs> I know, yeah, exactly. Like, <sighs> I don't know. I feel like texting has become our way of communication, especially in quarantine. So we overanalyze every little thing about what someone's texting us. Yeah, because I feel like in person, we try to overanalyze everything the person's saying. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of harder with text because you obviously can't see facial expressions. You have to kind of just go based off of like the normal typing patterns and like the normal time of response and you see like one difference like oh they use a capital U there are they mad at me you know or like <laughs> dumb stuff like that and I feel exactly. like people or aren't like, thinking that much when I'm texting I'm not like oh I gotta make sure it's all lowercase you know I feel psychos do that no offense if, it, if you, you do it the viewer <laughs> I don't know yeah. <laughs> so I have a question for you about this yeah are you I, I feel like this is a big debate but are you a texter or are you a FaceTimer? Ooh, <laughs> it depends on who. It really depends. I'm, I, okay, I'm gonna go through my FaceTime list because, um, <laughs> like, okay, I normally FaceTime the same, like, five to seven people. Yeah. Like, either weekly or bi-weekly, depending. I do have three people that I FaceTime probably, like, every other day at least. You know, mm -hmm. just to like, they're my rock, usually. Um, but I, I normally like texting, but if it's a long paragraph, if it's something I can't type in like, let's say 30 seconds, I'm FaceTiming them. Or I do voice memo, you know, like the thing you can press like record and be like, yo, you know, I, I started getting oh. into that. Because oh. if it's a long story, I can't, and they can't FaceTime, or like they can't call, I don't like calling. But I like seeing someone's face, but let's say like, the internet connection's bad, I just send them a voice recording. Only to like two, three people, like the same two, three people, I send those like long things where I'm like, hey, I did something dumb. Is this dumb? Then I explain the situation and then it's <laughs> in like two, three voice, whatever they're called. Are they call voice memos? Yeah, voice memos. Yeah. yeah I, I love people that send voice memos. I think it's like, you know, I like hearing people's voices. Like I'm a, I'm a FaceTimer, definitely. And I feel like hearing someone's voice and seeing someone's face like means so much to like, I guess my extroverted self. I don't know. It's kind yeah, especially because texting is so like common. Like people text and drive. I mean, don't do it, but people do it. But like no one really FaceTimes and drive. It's not a thing. That's why I think texting is like more kind of universal, I think. Like I can't just face, I can't just pick up a ring. I go through my contacts, pick a random person to FaceTime them. Chances are they're not going to answer. And then they're going to text me saying what? So it's good to like text them FaceTime question mark and then FaceTime them. I think that's good when you don't know the person as well. You know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But FaceTime's better, I think. Depends on like who, but usually it's like a. Yeah, I love FaceTime so much like I feel like I heard I saw this thing on like Twitter it was like guys like don't like to FaceTime and I was like really like I feel like I, I feel like a lot of people like FaceTime but I guess not like 
I don't know. I agree though. I FaceTime like the same couple people, but I FaceTime them like every day. So, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you get mad like when they don't answer, but then they answer your text and you're like, huh? Oh, right? Yeah. But I feel like I get so excited when someone answers my FaceTime. Me too. It's like a different type of like, yay! Like texting, yeah. anyone can just do. Exactly. Like, you're, you're expecting a response like instantly, but a FaceTime, you never know when like they're free. And it's so good when you ca- catch them at the right moment. Even if they answer just being like, hey, I can't call right now, it's still like, mm-hmm. you, made, you made an effort, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. more like connecting. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so um, <laughs> so you're a vegetarian right now, right? Yes, I am vegetarian right now. Okay, um, <laughs> what's so funny doing this podcast is that a bunch of people say the same type of stuff. And like, they're all kind of connected and people say things that I've like heard before. And I'm like, wow, you guys would be good friends, at least on that topic. So Mike, you know, Mike, he said that he hates vegetarians or something. So that's really funny. So if you, want, if you would like to say it back to him, I forgot exactly what he says. I'm a bad host. I have a bad memory. Really? I like Mike. I, I know. Maybe don't tell him that you're a vegetarian. He had this whole thing that he wanted vegetarians to go away or something. But I want to become a vegetarian. I, I feel vegetarians are better people than everyone else. You know? So that's why I want to become a vegetarian. I feel like a lot of vegan, I feel like more so vegans are more pretentious than vegetarians. Cause like yeah. vegetarians are kind of chill. Like even when I was like a meat eater, like vegetarians are more welcoming in, into the community than vegans were. And yeah. LA vegans. Yeah. yeah. They're a little. I feel like um, like some vegans, I feel like vegans have a bad rap. I think like some of the people that like, call themselves feminists that want all men to die, but like seriously, those give feminists a bad rap mm-hmm. <laughs> who like think women are superior, like actually and want to put down men. Those are giving feminists a bad rap. And something with those like outspoken vegans, those giving vegans a bad rap. I feel like no feminist is gonna like key someone's car for like if they didn't do anything. And no real vegan is gonna force you into me- eating non-meat. They're just gonna, like they're pacifists, I think, honestly. I agree. And I feel like that's so interesting about like those, um, like you were saying, like those feminists that want all men to die, like actually, and like hate men. I feel like the whole point of the movement is about equality. So, it gives feminism as a whole a bad rep if we're hating on men. I hope that doesn't come across yeah. like pick me energy. Yeah, I think they overshot the ending, uh, the landing at the end. That's a quote from I forgot who. Gosh, I think it might have been Daniel Sloss. Maybe we'll get into him because he's a good guy. I, I think um, well, he's a good guy, but I think it was Daniel Sloss. That's what I'm not sure about. I don't know. I watch a bunch of comedy and all these white men kind of seem the same at the end of the day. <laughs> and it's bad for me to overgeneralize, but there's a bunch yeah. of white men in comedy if, you, if you're mm-hmm. into comedy. Okay, so Kendall, how do we know each other? Who are you? Oh gosh, well, we go to uh, the same acting studio mm-hmm. and we've known each other. When did you come to the studio? That's a good question. My 
think my junior year I did like the six week class with Charlie. Mm. Or I think it was a five week class, something like that. I think five, six weeks. Mm. And then like a couple months later, I think my senior year, yeah. So like two years ago, two, three years, two, two and a half years ago. Really? Yeah. Wait, because I came in the in the fall of my eighth grade year and that was because I remember I was yeah I was like 12 in that class Mm -hmm. so weird um so that was like two yeah exactly two years ago we started started at the same time but like I remember you being like friends with North. So I'm gonna like mention specific people. So people that don't know us don't know who the names we're talking about. Yeah. I remember you being friend with Nora and, and like them. And and uh, Peyton. I love Peyton. Peyton. I love her. We're not like that close. I only I only did one semester with her. But oh, I dropped something. But one time, you know, like sometimes after shows and stuff, you just bond with people through the studio. Yeah. Such a crazy way. So me and Peyton, I remember this specifically. Very vividly, <laughs> I remember. The, I don't think I remember the day, but I just remember like I came to her show, and she did the show. She did, did one of her scenes or whatever, and we were just hugging, and like we legit never really talked. Aww. Never really talked, and we we're just hugging, and we were just like, I don't know, like swaying back and forth for like a solid ten minutes, and like we didn't really speak. It was really weird. We just had like a loving energy there. Look at that. I think that there's something so special about those small, intimate moments with, like, acquaintances or friends. Like, they mean a lot. It's just that connection. And I think that's what we're missing in quarantine, you know? Yeah, I know. Especially because, like, you can do group classes and stuff, like, especially in school and stuff. It's easy to be, like, kind of known, but it's not easy to, like, build friendships on Zoom because you, because, like, you sit next to your person, your, your classmate, and you're like, hey, um, where are you going for lunch? And then you just you build friendship off of like, you like the same chips, or even you hate the same chips. You can still like build friends off of proximity, I think. I think yeah. that's crucial in school. And then like acting and whatever, wherever you go that has a specific location. Like who you sit with kind of determines who you're friends with in the beginning. Exactly. So, yeah. And you. my mom just needs to know if you heard it. I feel like in a more structured environment like school for example it's harder to make friends on zoom more so than acting because like I first I've like private messaged um new people in acting and been like hey like can I have your Instagram or something like you're you're so good you know yeah like you can't can't private private message people in my school in my school zooms Mm. it's just like but I want to be friends with them but it's weird if you message everyone like hey so and so what's your Instagram no yeah I get that yeah also in acting I think you're supposed to be networking but in school we don't really think of it as networking and um just to kind of not not brag or anything but I've, I attend a bunch of workshops and stuff and I'm learning the whole point is doing school is networking like mm. but, like what I because I'm in college now but I think it's also important in high, in high school let's say in high school you're like a mediocre kid and you have like some friends here and there but like let's say like a classmate of yours gets like does does your dream job and you and you reach out to them being like hey what's up they'll, they'll remember you as like either not reaching out to them or whatever like kind of like what you what your reputation was at school will stick with you like maybe for the next five to ten years at least after you graduate 
like you have to be like a good good role model to yourself and your peers and even to your teachers as well because they can get you jobs maybe not high school teachers yeah. necessarily um, but yeah yeah um reputation means so much in school like I feel like your reputation especially in high school is everything which is kind of superficial like yeah. is that really how we face in high school like just how people see us yeah but yeah I feel like with high, with that type of high school reputation it depends on like who you hang out with not really who you are you know you're kind of mm -hmm. just in it for like the clout but I think the reputation I'm trying to say is like your work ethic yeah, I know sorry uh my I think the reputation I'm trying to talk about is like your work ethic but like yeah in high school it's all about who you hang out with your work ethic. yeah I don't know it's just important in college to keep in mind that like you you have to like you're you're networking yourself always always kind of a chance to like promote yourself <laughs> yeah and you have to be a you have to be good at selling yourself, at least as like a, a partner in a project or like an Instagram follow. I mean, that's like maybe not as much, <laughs> just building connections and stuff. But yeah, you don't want to be like, hey, I'm never going to show up again. Can I have your number? Yeah. Like, no, no one's ever straight up with their like, hey, this is the first day of class. I'm never going to show up again. But can I get your number? Because every time I don't show up, I'll be asking you for the homework. No one's ever straight up. But if like, I know that about you after that. I'm not going to be asking you when I have an open job and being like, hey, this person wanted me to send them the homework every day. You're not, I'm not going to pick them to get hired, you know? Oh, sorry, I went on a rant. Yeah, and I feel like that's also a part of, oh, I know, no, but I, I actually um, think what you said was interesting because I feel like first impressions are so important important just like reputation but like you were saying if someone I feel like I'd have more respect for someone that was straight up with me and was like yeah I'm just gonna be asking you for the, for the homework for the whole semester more so than someone who was just like being fake friends with me just to get the homework like yeah be straight up yeah. mm -hmm. I feel like first impressions on zoom aren't that important anymore I mean, okay, so I go to a bunch of these workshops type stuff and people from the industry, it's professors in college and they work in the industry. They live a double life. I commend all professors, but um, they, they normally be like, hey, here's my email, reach out to me if you can. And I was at a workshop where someone gave it and was also saying like, hey, no one ever respond, no one ever, the email that they give you, nine out of 10 people don't respond to it. They're gonna care, they don't care about like, oh, you said a nice, you asked a nice question at this workshop. They're not gonna care about that. They're gonna care that you took the time to reach out to them after you've already had a first impression. And especially with Zoom and stuff, to turn your freaking face cams on, man. Like your professors will get you jobs. Your professor's not gonna remember your email name. You're one of like 400 students that they have. And you got to turn on your face and ask questions. I know I'm like kind of preaching to the choir here because I sometimes don't ask questions because I honestly have no idea what the heck is going on. And it's taking me a lot of time, a lot of time to process because I have 8 a.m.s, which is like good for me to be up, but bad for my mental capacity because he's like, any questions? And I'm like, no, I think I got it, but I don't truly know. So I have like a question at the end and I'm like, 
like uh, probably already got answered because I took a bunch of notes, but I just didn't look back through it. So that's why I never really ask questions. Yeah, but I feel like um, what you were saying about just turning on your camera and just like being a friendly face is so important because I honestly feel so bad for like my teachers. I'm like, it's not that hard to just turn on your camera. Like at this point, no one really cares. Yeah, like, no one's looking at you. And there's a thing called oh. hide self view. Oh yeah. Turn on that or just put something over it. Like in person, I think if you try to make it the, make it this the best you can, uh, and that wording was off, try to make it as like, as it would be in person, you wouldn't be like putting a box over your face. You would just be there. <laughs> so be there. Present, right? Like be with the class. Like. Yeah, there's so many times where like, my professor's like, hey, Jordan, what's the answer? And they don't say anything. And, and he's like, oh, like you can see like the sadness dripping over him. Like he was just lecturing for an hour and he asked like a random person who he thought was hoping to like learn and they're not there. They're probably just in bed or they walked away from their computer, not even listening, probably on their phone. I mean, I'm on my phone. I try not to be. <laughs> I know, it's but, yeah. hard. It's really hard. You don't know what's happening and you're like, oh, just leave it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I'm just gonna try to leave my phone at the other side of the room on my Zoom meetings, but sometimes it's hard. I'm getting a bunch of text messages and I'm like, oh my God, stop. Yeah, I always have my phone. And like, um, you know, just in case my friend texts me, you're like, oh, how about Or like, you know, if I have another Zoom after, I'm like, okay, what time does it start? Let me check my phone. Yeah, I know. Okay, so we do acting together. <laughs> so you were 12 when you joined. I really thought of you like you were much older. So how old are you now? I mean, people can so, do that math, but. Right now I'm 14. I'll be 15 in like two weeks. So I just tell everyone I'm 15. Like I'm literally about to be 15. Okay. I want the people that are watching this. You don't look 15. Yeah. You, I thought you were much older. I really thought that you were only like a year or two younger than me mm-hmm. when I first met you. Especially because you were young in the teen class. So I was like, oh, she's like old, like older. It's crazy, Kendall. I still can't get over that you're 14 right now. Yeah, I get that a lot, actually. And um, sometimes it does bother me when people are like, oh, I thought you were so much older. I feel like also I got that as a kid. And I feel like part of what comes with that is like over-sexualization. And I'm like, I'm a child. And I feel like a lot of Black girls go through that when we're told we look so much older or act so much older. And I don't know, I feel like part of it is because we're forced to mature younger and also that our bodies are sexualized. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't really like care. Like I like, it's just like when like creepy men say it. Yeah, such a, I have a young face though, you know? So I'm really, I was just, you know, everyone's not, like you think you, you project something onto people when you first meet them. And most of the time it's 100% wrong. So I just thought you were much older when I first met you. Then, you know who I, I there's a bunch of people that like, I get the age is wrong. Thank God not the names, but the age is wrong at least. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So do you, so we did Doomed on Zoom t- together. Mm-hmm. So 
that will be in the description if you want it to be. Do you want it to be in the description? Just tell me about that process. Okay, um, so Google Zoom was an interesting experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so also I was very busy at the time. I was taking this um, algebra, I was taking Math 25 or Algebra at like um, my local community college and my professor was absolute shit. So I was dealing with that and I barely passed. And um, it was, summer was stressful, but doomed on Zoom overall was, it was, it was a fun experience. I'm glad I did it. Yeah, I feel like I became a lot closer friends with people that I wouldn't have had the chance to. Yeah. It's kind of a learning experience, especially with like kind of just collaborative projects. Mm-hmm. It, it really- was like, yeah. I met a lot of new people in that class and I'm like closer to a lot of people because of Duke Dunster. Yeah, I think it's great. So do you want it to be linked in the description? Yeah, we can. Yeah, okay. Check it out if you want. We also had two other people on the, who did Doomed on Zoom on here, Jackie and Alex. Go check out their podcast episode. <laughs> okay, um, so you do acting. How long have you been doing acting? Only the first two years, only two years ago? No, I've done acting for a while, actually, because I did, like, local stuff. I was in, like, shit like Annie, you know, like, just the basic stuff. Mm-hmm. I played Pepper in Annie. Like, that was my biggest accomplishment. That was really fun. Um, I did, like, small stuff, like Lion King and, like, local. But um, I started doing acting classes, like, technical acting classes in eighth grade, yeah. Okay, cool. So... That's cool that you did like theater more so when you were younger and now you're in like acting classes. So do you want to, you do want to be an actor when you're older? Yeah. Like professionally? Yes, I do want to be a professional actor. That's my, that's the goal. Nice. I mean, you're really good, Kendall. So I'm, yeah, I'm really you. excited to see where you go. <laughs> like what, what, what would you want to be like stage or screen or maybe both or? Um, I would say both. Recently I've been into film more so because I feel like the acting is a lot more intimate which I enjoy not having to project um, and worry about being big enough for the audience to see me. But I feel like film is so technical that it picks up on everything, so. Yeah, I agree. Plus like stage isn't happening for a while, sadly. Um, Athena, what's your goal though? What do you want to do? Oh my gosh, I have like too many, but um, <laughs> I think kind of the more realistic stuff, because I mean, you obviously tell yourself like, oh my gosh, I can be an astronaut and reinvent the wheel at the same time. Mm-hmm. At least I tell myself that. Um, but I think realistically, probably, I mean, I'm kind of just focusing on YouTube per se, like right right now, because quarantine, I'm like, what else am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like if this wasn't quarantine, I would probably be spending half my day walking to meetings. That was normally my day, just walking, 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 walking. Now I'm just sitting <laughs> and I have a lot more time. Um, but I, I, I'm studying screenwriting because I honestly feel that as a writer, as a, an artist, you will be living a really frugal life unless you make it big. You don't have that much money, <laughs> all a lot, it, like a bunch of stops and starts. So I really think film is great. Like you can really sell a good pilot or a good like movie and then kind of be set for a couple months. But I really, there's a quote and let me pull it up. Sorry, real quick. But no I really problem. like film and theater. It's in my bio. 
um, on my private account, but okay. I'm married to the theater, but my mistress is the films. Cause I really love theater. Um, I kind of fell in love with theater before I fell in love with films. I, I think books, I think is like first thing everyone kind of fall, falls in love with cause it takes you somewhere. And you kind of like, once you finish reading a book or like seeing a movie or watching a play or anything, you kind of live vicariously through that movie or to whatever for a little while. Yeah. So I don't know. I really like movies, but I never thought I could do it. Cause I thought like, wow, that's a cool hobby to have. I never thought of it as my job, really, mm -hmm. until June. I got into theater my sophomore year, but I wanted to be a writer my junior year because I fell in love with theater. And from theater, I started discovering more art forms that like, like theater is a job. Like, you know, people think art isn't a real job, but like it is. I met people that like make it like that's their career. And I really respected that because I think everyone, or at least I kind of grew up saying that like, that isn't necessarily a job per se. It's more of a side hobby that you can make. It's like a side hustle that you can make money from. You know, you're gonna always have have a plan B because plan A might not work out. Yeah, and I think that's so interesting. I think that in American culture, just the fact that art is not taken seriously at all. And I feel like it means so much and it takes so much like, for lack of a better word, balls to pursue an art form. Just knowing that there's so much external backlash from that. Like, yeah, be an artist if you want to be. I feel like it's actually a, it's a realistic job to have. Yeah, I think so many people are discouraged from that because they think they're not going to make it. Like they, they're afraid to get in the car before they even push the gas, you know? Exactly. But like, honestly, if you do fail, you'll be okay hopefully I don't know I mean obviously everyone's different and I mean what sorry it's important to have a plan b but that shouldn't, shouldn't go to your plan b too soon yeah before like, you even be try yourself be patient yeah I think like I don't know I kind of gave my, myself like till 20 till 25 no till 20 to make something happen and then I was like 20 because I was like 15 16 and I was like 20 so far away I'm turning 19 in five days and I pushed it back to 25 to then now 30 if I don't see like my plan a happening out happening so plan b is honestly being a professor because if I can't do what I love I can teach it and help other people inspire other people to do it you know mm -hmm. Kind of want to do both, <laughs> be like a screenwriter yeah, and a professor. Yeah. I feel like also the time and energy. I, I like professors that are like in the industry and they also like, yeah, I can I can make a ridiculous meeting time for like three hours if you want. You know, I was on a Zoom call with my professor for like two hours and he's like a big deal cinematographer. I mean, he's not doing anything now, but yeah. I still feel like he would have taken the time for me even if he was like doing something important. You kind of got to put you got to put the students first, and that's crazy. Because I mean, being a professor doesn't pay that well, but being a cinematographer for a big movie probably pays a lot more. A lot more. Like you're thinking, like the movie brings in like millions of dollars. Like we're gonna get we're gonna get paid a little bit of change, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think kind of going back to your original question, I kind of steered off. Um, I think writing for me, I think everyone who wants to be in the industry needs like a ticket in 
you need to find your golden ticket. And some people are just luck. Other people, it's really hard work and kind of just squeezing your way in. I think for me, writing, I have a lot of ideas. And I don't necessarily think it could be like the only thing I stick to. It's just something that I think is really hard. And I think as a writer and director and actor, the three things that kind of everyone wants to be, or at least like they think they want to be, or, you know, I think those are like the main three. Um, you kind of need to know how people work and writing and acting and especially in directing all three, obviously, you kind of see different ways of humans. I think like writing, you kind of listen to people when you call out like certain, like certain relationships and acting, you also, like it's, it's three different sides of the same coin though, I think. And I think writing is really important because if you can't, I think anyone can be a writer. You can have a pen and be a writer. Acting, I think the kind of the similar, but I think you kind of need to get jobs to consider a real actor. Same yeah. thing with directing. I can't be like, hey, I'm a director. Well, what have you directed? Nothing. You gotta like have something on your resume. And with mm -hmm. writing, it's all up to you. You don't need a group of people standing around there waiting for you. I think with acting and directing now, you just need a couple of friends and you can make that happen with the power of the internet. But I think with writing, it's really just up to you. <laughs> you don't need to like- So much more like self-reliant. Like acting, it's like, oh, I need to book this job. Oh, directing, oh, I need to, I need to hire actors. Like and writing, it's like, you can just get your computer and write. Like, thing yeah. is, um, taking it from a piece of paper to a stage or a screen. Mm -hmm. That's really tough. I know, I mean, but I think writing, you can always show people that. I think with acting, when you're starting from nothing, it's hard to be like, hey, I'm a good actor. There's like probably thousands of people managers get like email from being like, I'm an actor and they haven't been in anything, but it's hard to book a job because you have to be in something first. It's like, like you have to really heavily rely on someone giving you a chance and you not messing it up. And you really have to have that, you just have to have like the it factor. You have to have it. Because these managers, these agents, they're taking so much chance on you if you haven't said anything. Just by the way you act, like they're seeing your demo reel. If they like it, they want to hire you, they're taking a big chance. So it's like yeah. a lot of pressure. Same thing with like acting and stuff. I mean, I think you can kind of maybe book a, get a manager if you take an acting class, but that yet again is time, money, energy. With writing, I mean, I think it just, I think it's not necessarily money. You don't need it to succeed. Google Docs is free. You know, time, write at night if you don't know what to do. Energy, coffee. I think I heard coffee works for Kendall, so try that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of want to, my, my whole, my plan is to just probably start off writing, see where that goes. I kind of just want to write and make films. And then when that's not happening, direct theater or be on stage, depending if I want to work, if I think my acting chops are good enough for it. But kind of be behind the screen, behind the stage, but also it could be in front of the screen. I mean, on the screen and, in front, and on stage as well. We'll see if I think I have the chops for it or if like, I don't know. I just trying to not write about the same perspective every time. Like I started off writing a bunch of perspectives from like my life because I think some of my stuff I lived through is interesting. 
but also it's kind of been seen before. I want to write about people that haven't like seen themselves on screen, but I also feel like I can't do that because I don't know what it's like. So I really want to collaborate with people, but it's also hard because people are just annoying. Exactly. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that concept of diversifying the stuff you, the characters you write and stuff is, it's tricky because of course like you don't want to like come off like a, a know-it-all or like um I don't know how to say it like you know the classic like white person writing about a uh, um I don't know an Asian person and it turns into a stereotype like you don't mm -hmm. want to be that but also it's like people don't want to collab I know yeah it's it's tough sometimes I mean you know because oh. <laughs> I think there's something great about like the, the human experience that we can all relate to one another mm -hmm. but it's also tricky with writing about things you honestly have no idea anything about like you can see tv shows and movies like the limited that they probably are and they're all stereotypical and you have to really do the research which is crazy because I'm trying to write this scene um based off like lisp and stuttering I have a lisp but I have friends that stutter so it's like hard to like reach out being like hey can you just talk to me about on your all your insecurities and writing a script for it like it's just hard to do the research yourself if you do want to write from a place that's not your own because I think the only way you could do it without doing that is writing from a fake place like you know I haven't experienced many things that other people have so either yeah, I can like, fake it comes off, that comes off like unauthentic which you know I've seen stuff where you can tell that the writers have no clue about the people they're writing about even yeah it's but like, the, the tough thing is that those still get made yeah it's and like, that's annoying yeah wait hold on one second yeah um yeah. kind of just moving on a little bit um to, to the actual topic that we have now so I think the thumbnail says that you ended a relationship because of quarantine. Can you talk a little bit about the relationship that you're in? So, yes, um, that was an interesting relationship. Uh, I got into the relationship in October of last year and it ended in July, the end of July this year. So that was interesting. Um, I would say a lot of self-discovery and a lot of maturing and a lot of um, learning from that. Okay, well, what did you learn? Well, I, <laughs> um, so I learned stuff about myself that I didn't know before, some stuff that was confusing me. Um, I learned um, about people and I feel like I really learned to be empathetic because um, the person I, I was in a relationship with had a lot of traumas and I feel like just talking to them about the stuff they went through made kind of made me gain perspective and made me less self-centered. So it's good. 
Um, so who broke up with who? If you don't mind me asking, if you want to maybe go more into the relationship a little bit if you want. But yeah, kind of who broke up with who? And like why? So we broke up because okay, well actually, um she broke uh what how did it was mutual actually because it was just awkward and at this point we knew it wasn't going to work out and we it was very toxic um and I wanted to end things but also she kind she heavily relied on me for her happiness uh she's one of the people that were like I'm gonna kill myself if you leave me like I was like great what the fuck do I do now yeah, I don't like those people. Good so, thing you that's good. You guys are done. Yeah, that's a huge red flag. No, 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 no. Yeah, I should have. Uh, I need to listen to the red flags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you're colorblind. Maybe you just can't see the color red. I feel like those red flags make, I feel like as an actor, and we're already empathetic. So I feel like those red flags just make the person more human yes and like at the end of the day I am trying to be a comedian kind of not really but like it kind of just gives you a story (laughs) too like you're like oh I don't know where this is gonna lead me let's keep going because like as an actor I think you're also kind of like an audience member as in kind of like figuring out like oh what's gonna happen next Mm kind of being passive in that sense I agree um but yeah I feel like Oh, this is so bad. When we were like going through hand times, it's like, damn, this is great to prep, like for anger, like sadness, heartbreak. This is perfect. Like, God, that's good though. Strasbourg has brainwashed me. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get more into that. Like, I was trying to do a sense memory today in the shower because I'm today is Sunday, October 11th. Um, happy National Coming Out Day as well to people. Yes. Um, so this so Jeff, um, our acting coach, um, he does the adult as well. I moved up. I'm an adult now. I'm in the old. <laughs> I'm old. Um, old woman. Yeah. Yeah, oh gosh. <laughs> but we do like sense memory, and he told me like this week I'm gonna have to take a shower in front of the class. Obviously, clothes on. You know, if you don't know what acting like, obviously know what acting is, but like we don't actually like do the physical thing. Like if I'm if I'm drinking something, I don't actually take what I'm actually drinking and drink it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Tastes good, huh? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Don't choke on it there, Athena. <laughs> I didn't drink that much. It's fine. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> it's so interesting on Zoom doing that type of stuff. Because like in on stage, you don't feel like an idiot, but you don't. Like you really don't. You feel like, oh yeah, this is all normal. It's yeah. kind of like creating a new world. Like in acting, you really have to create your own world mm-hmm. and kind of the stuff around you helps you. And if there's nothing on stage, it's all up to you, which is good and bad. I think it's good because like, I can just look at the ground and say, oh, look, there's a chicken. But if I'm in my room and I see like a box, I'm thinking, oh God, I got to clean that up. You know, yeah. you're just constantly overthinking when you're in your own space because you're not used to making it a performance space. Exactly. So I feel like that's one thing I had to learn how to do when I started uh, acting on Zoom is to differentiate like 
okay, this is my sleeping space. This is my relaxing space. And this is, now I'm on, I'm acting, I'm having a mental breakdown. Yeah. And it was hard to do because I'm like, I want to relax here. I don't want to cry here. Yeah, because <laughs> at home, I'm pretty chill. Like home is normally my resting space where like, I don't know if I'm an introvert or an extrovert. I think I'm kind of an ambivert. I'm not sure what it's called. Kind of just both. I don't think you need to necessarily like pick a side. I just think sometimes it depends. I think with social situations, it differs. If I'm with the people I don't know, I'm an introvert. But if I'm with like acting people or like my close friends, I won't shut up. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, I feel like for you, like my first impression of you was that you were an introvert. Mm-hmm. But... I feel like when you get to know you, like you're, you come off more extroverted. Like yeah. You, you're a person that enjoys people, but you enjoy the people that you click with, you know? Yes. Thank, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. That's my impression. You were always kind of extroverted to me, which is, uh, yeah, which is awesome. But I think everyone kind of young actors like found their place, you know? It's hard home yeah like it's such a safe space and the people there are amazing and you know you really connect with this group of young people you know and it feels like a little family Mm, I really miss it oh my god oh gosh yeah kind of at home you don't really at home is normally I'm normally always out normally I keep saying the word normally but that's it's not normal anymore um but I would normally oh my god I keep saying the word (laughs) I would only be at home like 12 to 6 a.m. Can you repeat that? Yeah, sorry. I was only at home like 12 to 6 a.m. Like usually, like I would get home around 11, leave at like 5, 6, sometimes go to school or go do something else. So I would never really come home until like my day was over and it was time to relax and just be by myself Mm -hmm. with my alone time. But now sitting here, I'm like never really alone. You're always in Zoom meetings and stuff, especially in acting. Like you just want to be like, oh, thank God I had a long day. But now it's like, no, your day's not over. Keep going. And like, it's a, it feels like it's been so long, even though you're sitting right here. You haven't really done much, really, even staring at a screen all day. It's so, like time goes by slower on Zoom. Yeah. And also, like I said, differentiating like, this is where I do school, this is where I do acting, this is where I sleep. If it, well, actually, I'm in my like brother's room, which is our office right now, so I, I don't sleep here, but, you know, it just, it sucks, you know? I'm at that point of quarantine where, well, can you hear my cousin yelling in the background? A little bit, it's fine. All right. Um, yeah, I'm at that point of quarantine where I'm just really sick of boom and staring at a screen all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we kind of shifted topics. Do you want to mention anything about the person that you were dating? kind of like what you learned sorry so I learned first of all that I'm not gay god I'm sorry I'm literally one of those straight girls but I'm sorry guys um I also learned (laughs) to communicate better um I learned to know my worth and know what I will and will not accept I learned that people will treat you exactly how they feel about you. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. People will, yes. I'm going to say it again. People will treat you exactly how they feel about you. Yes. Like, 
I feel like so many times we get caught up in the um, what the thought of people and the um, image we created in our head about them. But when you take a step back and you really just think, how is this person making me feel really? Then you realize that like they're not fulfilling you and they're not adding to your life or to your happiness. And you need to you need to let them go. Right? Thank you, Kendall. That really helps. Wow. <laughs> Athena, do wow. you need to draw some people? You yeah. need to draw some people from your life? I did drop some people and I thought I they well, there's this one person um who I was really loved the idea of um and kind of just kind of centered my whole entire life around them, kind of. Maybe not like that crazily, but it was kind of insane if you think about it. Um, I kind of still talk about them, but like not as much because I try to get over them. And I think really the space and quarantine has really helped. We didn't go to the same college, which helped. Um, so that kind of worked out. And you're right. People do treat you the way they feel about you because this person would like never respond to me, never really like and not really acknowledge I was there. But like I was just thinking like, oh, they're just doing that to make me jealous. But like, why would they do that? Like, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, why would they want to make you feel like shit? Yeah, you it's know? not meant to be. Oh my God. But you know what's good about that person? They did inspire me to write a bunch of stuff. So that's good. At least as a writer, you can become friends with someone and you get so much material out of it. I bet like a show I, will, I write and that character is going to be so iconic. It's going to be because of them. They will have probably some ideas, but like... <laughs> It's crazy as artists how much we take bad experiences from our life and we're like, we can, I can use this. I can use it for my art. Like, what the fuck is wrong with us? I know. Oh my God. A lot of the stuff I write is based loosely off people. And this person is like loosely based, like her, the real life person, based off like 10 people, like have spewed from just her, which is wow. great. It's great because a lot of, some of them are kinds. I mean, there's different aspects to every person. Mm -hmm. And I think every character also needs to be complex. But I was watching Boys in the Band, the like exclusive thing, or, or I forgot what it's called, like the 20 minute thing on Netflix. And the writer who wrote Boys in the Band, Boys in the Band is a play. It's about all gay men. And it's a movie that got made. It was a play, it was a play back in the 50s or 60s, I forgot. Maybe 70s, I don't, 68, I think. One year off 69, I think that was it. Cause I remembered it was one year off 69. Um, it was a play then, and it was a play back in 2018, now it's a movie. Um, but he wrote it about actual people he knew, the writer. And I was like, wow, because he also wrote this one character named Howard, I, I'm pretty sure after his friend named Howard. And that, he was like infatuated with him to the point where like, just like a friend, a friend way, I think. You know, like those people that are kind of just cool, too cool and they're mysterious. Yeah. He wrote like stuff based off what he thought he would do. And that's kind of like what I'm trying to do too as well. Yeah. And just the idea of people can sometimes be cooler than what they actually are. And you can play with that. Well, you know, that's actually really interesting to hear because I agree so much. I feel like when we're missing some when we're missing something from our um life um internally, like we kind of overcompensate in creating this image of someone that we become infatuated with in order to 
fulfill us. But then after a while, that image runs out and they really expose who they are. And then that, that goes like that. And you're like, wow, I hate this person, but I've been with them for seven months. <laughs> Is that what happened to you with your relationship? In a way, in a way. Yeah. And I feel like that also has happened to me with friendships. Yes. And yeah, I feel like people are interesting. Mm-hmm. What's been a really weird thing to think about is people grow apart, like obviously, but I think with, like my, my family just tells me stories of these friends that they used to have. And I always think like, what happened if you had such a great time with, when I was younger, I used to think, cause I went to a really small pre-K to eighth grade, like seven, same 17 people I've known for like years. So when I was really young, like fourth grade or whatever, I used to be like, well, how come you guys aren't still friends? I'm still friends with my friends from like five years ago. Why aren't you guys friends still? Like if you said, this is a lifelong friend, you're not friends anymore. Why are you telling me the story of someone that you once knew? And I think back then it was really hard and also easy to understand that when people grow older, friends just don't keep in contact anymore but it's kind of been a harder and harder thing for me to kind of think about because I've grown apart with many friends and I think about them months later and I think oh I can't text them we didn't really have a good falling out or is it weird that I'm thinking about them mm-hmm. like I guess when friends when we're like back in the day when people thought of other people the only thing they could do is maybe call them or even mail email or not email them <laughs> send them a letter but like now I can legit, like if I'm thinking of someone that I haven't talked to for years, I could just message them. And I mean, it'd be out of the blue, but it could still, like we, I, we could spark a conversation. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. Especially if you're still like thinking of the image that they once were to you when they're in fact not that person. They can kind of not be good mentally. I agree. And I feel like so often, especially during adolescent years, it's also common to just grow, what, what's, what's the word? Grow out of people. Like when you move past people in like, a, a, I don't know, in like a emotional way, like I feel like I've definitely emotionally matured a lot. And I feel like uh, some friendships I've had I've grown out of, oh God, this is gonna sound cocky because they weren't at the same level emotionally. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. A little bit. No, yeah. I, I, I don't want to come off. No, no, I think you're good. Like, yeah. And I don't know. I feel like relationships come in your life for a reason. And sometimes it's for a season or a time. And that's okay. Not everything has to be so permanent and official. Like, this is my friend for life. You never yeah. know what can happen. I think that's a big thing that we're like, oh, best friend forever. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, like friends, I think any relationship is as complex as, as you are. You got to treat it like that. Um, like relationships are obviously complex. And there's a quote, I'm trying to go back to Daniel Sloss, but he, his stand-up special, watch it if you're in a relationship. His special has broken up thousands of people. And he says the first few months of any relationship, I don't know the exact quote because I forgot. Um, it's on Netflix called Jigsaw. Watch all of his specials. Just go check him out. Um, he talked about relationships and how in the beginning, if you truly love someone, it should be easy. Or you don't truly know you love someone unless you, number one, love yourself. 100%. Or as much as, as, much as you can. 
So if I love myself, let's say 20%, right? Let's say this other person loves me 30%. I think, wow, that's so much compared to how much I love myself. But that's not even half. So you really got to build up your self-love before you can even love anyone else. And same thing with friendships as well. I know his, his special is really good. He's a, And then also kind of just to take piggybacking of what, what he, he says and kind of what I just said, um, everyone's building their own jigsaw puzzle. Everyone, you're not building one together. You're building your own. And you, when you're with someone, even if friends, if they're not adding to your puzzle piece and if they're actively just trying to destroy yours, walk away. It's not worth your time. I'll let them go. Yeah. Self-love and relationships is like the most important thing when you're going into one because you can't, if you don't love yourself, external val, you can't, you can get the most external validation in the world, but if you don't love yourself, it'll literally mean nothing. Mm. Like, because you won't believe it because you don't feel that about yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And what's interesting is some people can be codependent. And there's a book by Whitney Cummings mm-hmm. called I'm Fine in Other Lives. And she talks about it. And that's legit when people just are kind of like leeches sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on what type of codependency or whatever. But people can sometimes just be trying to suck everything out of you for their own benefit. I mean, that's not exactly what codependency is, but it just mm-hmm. kind of mentions how. She, that was so yeah go check that out <laughs> I'm trying to give like real recommendations but yeah I don't know um anything you want to say about your relationship um no I don't think so I'm trying to think of anything I like to say um just know your worth guys yeah know your worth and know what you will and won't tolerate yeah I tolerated a lot of shit that I shouldn't have tolerated. Not gonna Mm. lie. One question I do kind of have. So do you think that it was because of the quarantine that you guys broke up or like, or do you think that was already gonna happen even if there wasn't any quarantine? Quarantine definitely escalated the tension, but I think that even if we weren't in quarantine, we would have broken up for a couple of reasons. So it's just kind of like, it was bound to happen. Quarantine just made it happen quicker. Mm. I found that true with a bunch of people breaking up right now. Mm. Or, yeah, man, breakups are hard. Yeah. Hard. All right. I don't know. I have never been in a relationship. Well, get a relationship <laughs> soon, Athena. Just <laughs> take my advice. Oh, God. <laughs> and all those relationship specials, because I feel like um, there's a lot of wise people out there. Yeah, I feel like just saying like F you to all of them isn't really the best thing to do, you know? So I don't know, the person I'm with is gonna be reading some books and watching some stand-up specials that are kind of just TED Talks in disguise about love and just love, self-love, friendship, whatever, yeah. All right, let's kind of switch gears. 
I just do have one quote. I do have to kind of, I'm not obligated to mention these two people, but I really love Rosebud Baker and Whitney Cummings. They're two comics. I really love comics. And also Daniel Sloss is a comic. I'm really a big fan of comedy. So there's one good quote from Rosebud Baker that I think everyone should remember when having a fight or even like you're just you're in your feelings. Um, you can have your feelings without being them. And I think that's a really good quote. Doesn't really tie into what I was saying, but I tried to maybe make it connect to it. But I think that's a really good quote because I tend to, in quarantine, I think you can just get pissed off with a lot of people being like, we're all going to die. It's, you know, kind of just like, I think that's a bad quote from Vanessa Hudgens' quote, but, you know, life, life is so uncertain. Like, Everything's kind of just up in the air right now. And you're being mad about some random thing, like read receipts, read receipts, whatever they're called. It's that's just a stupid. No problem, man. I know. Like, not that big of a yeah, but go ahead, finish what you were saying. Yeah, I just think that if you're having a bad day, it doesn't mean you have to like spread badness. You can just have the feelings and try to just keep it in. I feel like that's bad because the society tells us that you can't be feeling anything. Yeah. But also, if all you're going to do is cause more harm because of one little small thing, just try to keep it in and make yourself feel better. I don't know. I think you can just, if I'm having a bad day, it can really ruin other people's days as well. Yeah. If I stub my toe and then I go up to you and pull your finger and make you hurt, that's not going to benefit any one of us. Yeah. I just got to deal with the pain by myself. It's going to go away eventually. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the type of pain. If I'm bleeding out, probably not. Like if someone's really dealing with something serious. But if it's something small and minuscule that you just you need to work on your own stuff, just you can have your feelings without being them. Well, that's interesting. I feel like I agree. It's okay to feel a certain way, but I feel like when it becomes, I guess, annoying is when all you're spreading is that negative energy. Yes. Bad days, but when I have bad days, I don't purposely go around and tell people about how shitty my life is or like, gosh, that comes off kind of asshole-like, but no, I, like I get it. I don't want to make people feel bad about themselves or about life. So I try to not put out negative energy. Yes. I just kind of always got to mention Whitney Cummings and Rosebud Baker. I really want them to be in the podcast. So maybe yeah. I would just mention it and just manifest it. It'll happen. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say I have to pee. Okay, we're almost done. We're only five minutes. Cause okay, I, five minutes, Athena. I have five questions. Yeah, 5.15. Okay, um, so I got an email. Email the podcast. I didn't really mention this at all, but email the podcast. If you're still listening to this, you are contractually obligated to email the podcast. <laughs> it's at athenaretthispodcast at gmail.com. It's also in the description. I didn't mention it at all because I hate, I hate selling out. Because I think if you ask people to do something and they genuinely like your content, they will do something. Yeah. I feel like if you overplug it, it, they're not going to do it so that's why I've been taking like the, a different approach every single time either overplug it or never plug it at all so all right check out an email from my friend Matthew Flores um aka Derek okay title says I've never been to Chili's greetings snot monsters it's me the Hamburglar back at it again with some new questions for you and your podcast guests this week did you know that if you're riding a canoe in the water and you tip it over you're more likely to be doused in water. That's right. 
I'm not only your biggest fan, but I'm, but I'm also a scientific genius. Let's get on to the questions. <laughs> He's just like my friend that emails me every week. I ask him to do it and I want him to like trip us all out. So at the end, normally supposed to be like relaxed. And this is trying to just see like your true self at the end, see if you're lying the whole time. But also just like funny questions. Okay, for your guest, have you watched the best episode of the podcast yet? The one featuring Derek, aka Matthew? If so, what is your favorite thing about him? If not, why didn't you? Oh my god, I haven't watched it. I will watch it and I'll text you and let you know. Okay, good. You only watched the Jackie one, haven't you? Yeah, I like the Jackie. That was a good one. I know, I love Jackie. Uh, Jackie, I love you. Me too. Me too. Love you, Jackie. <laughs> Okay, are you dressing up for Halloween this year? If yes, why are you planning? What are you planning on dressing up as? Do I always have to dress up? Because you know that's my birthday. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I forgot to mention, yeah, Kendall, your birthday is on Halloween. Yeah. That's crazy. Everyone, comment, come back on Halloween and comment, happy birthday, Kendall. I know, right? Um, but I don't know what I'm going to be this year. I'm juggling a couple options. My friend and I were going to be like the Cheerios from Glee, or like. <gasps> Um, one of my friends wanted to be like Sharon Dion from Clueless. I'm like, yeah, people tell me I look like her when I have a bucket hat on. I'm like, thanks. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely a couple options. It's cool. I don't really know what I'm going to be. My friend Matthew, the one who emailed me, he wants to be Shark Boy. And I was like, okay, then I'll be Lava Girl. But like, I haven't started working towards that at all. And I'm not sure if he has either. So I don't know. Or, what? Get a pink wig. You know, I think that's all I gotta do. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. I might just not do anything. I think Halloween will be, I don't know. What day is that even? Sorry, you would know. What? October 31st. No, but like, what is it like a Saturday or something? Saturday. Oh my God, I was right. Wow, I knew it, but I didn't. Uh, That's cool. Okay. I might, oh, I. I might be sleeping all day. I kind of need to. Okay. Um, number three. I believe in the power of the Illinois gigantic squid monster. If Netflix were to make a movie based up on your life, who would play you? Myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm an actor. I would play myself. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Then I overthought it too much. So then I was thinking um, of some like actual actors that I don't really necessarily consider myself to be actor. I don't know. That sounds kind of degrading, but I would probably want some like theater actor to play me who's not that well known, who would like blow up. Well, Lilla Crawford, I think that's her name. She She's Little Red Riding Hood in the Into the Woods movie. She was also Annie. She's great. She's around my same age. I think she could do a great job with me. Or me. I think I could do a great job with me. I think I, I know me. Amazing. <laughs> I'm not sure my movie would be really interesting. Okay. What would be your first words when you land on the moon? Ooh. I would be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, I would probably say, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, what world rec- record would you want to hold? It's a really tough question. Something with acting. Probably like outstanding actress. I don't know. That's, I want to do something really stupid. 
<laughs> like um probably the longest frisbee throw ever just something really stupid that I can put mm-hmm. in my bio and people will be like whoa you know people will be like huh yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> something stupid I don't know yeah just to like put in my bio and be like yeah people be like oh, I don't want to mess with you I know yeah exactly all right last little thing uh quote and um if you do try your hardest it doesn't mean it's the best love hubert <laughs> love that thank you matthew for emailing the podcast if you don't want him to keep you emailing the podcast this is your least favorite part of the podcast email me then do something about it you have a chance <laughs> email me guys it's only matthew um actually i got one email but that was that was something else that was for school so um email me if you read this podcast at gmail.com it's in the description because i'm pretty sure y'all don't want to hear a bunch of letters okay kendall thank you for coming this has been it for the quarantine podcast episode 12 thank you for having me so much thank you of course kendall hope you have a great day hope everyone here has a great day great great night great whatever yes. bye, bye. 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 <laughs>